0: the Managing Well podcast. I'm so excited to have our guest, Dr. R.G. Allen Wilson with us today. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. R.G. With over 20 years of experience as a relationship therapist, Dr. R.G. Allen Wilson is the former director of clinical training at Drexel University's couple and family therapy department. Dr. R.G., I'm so excited to be in conversation with you today about burnout, especially as it impacts the workplace. So welcome. Oh,
1: thank you. That was a wonderful introduction. And it's just long overdue. It's just good to see your beautiful face and, you. you know, have this conversation. It's an important one. And congratulations on this podcast. Oh, thank
0: helping. you. Right. Thank you. We're excited. Um, before we like, really get into the conversation, I think it's always helpful to just have a good starting point for everybody in terms of vocabulary. And so when we're talking about burnout, like what what definition do you use? What how can we understand what burnout is as we're having this conversation?
1: Yeah, so it's a great conversation because many people experience it sometimes 30%, even up to 50% of Americans in the workforce. That's so a lot. think of, yeah, that's a lot of people experiencing burnout, especially two and a half on going on three years in a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking about how the 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 architecture of the way in which we work has changed exponentially. So what does that look like? Really, when I think about burnout and many people that I see uh, in this practice on a regular basis, I think about it as a syndrome of prolonged state of physical and mental exhaustion. Mm. It usually comes about through long-term exposure to a high-pressure atmosphere, right? And when you think about pressure, right? I say two things, pressure, burst pipes, right? I wanna like let that sink in, pressure, burst pipes, Uh some experiments, right? But we're gonna talk about that later. Uh Um, And every pressure point needs a relief valve, Uh right? Uh So that if you have these multiple pressure points at work, at home, with your children, in your personal life, um, with your health, with relationships, if you have all these pressure points and there's no point of relief, then eventually it's going to be like a hot air balloon. Uh There's gonna be either an explosion right and then if there's an explosion then there's going to be casualties uh-huh. in that explosion uh-huh. or there's going to be an implosion and sometimes both and even with the implosion which means anger and rage and depression right and many other mental health conditions with that implosion there's also casualties casualties there too because if we're walking around like a ticking time bomb uh-huh. and we're not well there are people that will be impacted both inside and outside the workplace. Like I said, that stat is riveting, right? That up to 30% is documented, the studies show it, have experienced burnout within the last several years and sometimes up to 50%. That's a staggering number of people in the workforce.
0: Right, half the workforce. Well. Yeah, that's half. Right, right, right. And to your point that not just, that aren't well, but could be in a really, very definitely unhealthy, but possibly like dangerous situation. And I'm not talking violence toward other people. That's not what I'm I'm saying as much as the danger to themselves in, in their not taking care of themselves in danger in their relationships, lashing out. Um, so perhaps non-physical violence danger is what I'm kind of referencing. Um, and when you were talking at the beginning, you know, prolonged exposure to stress, I was just thinking, okay, well that's, that's been everybody in the past few years. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that the numbers would be so high in terms of, of experiencing burnout in, in life, but also in work. And so help me help us understand, you know, when you, we hear organizations talking a lot about employee wellness um, and, and I guess the way you were talking about burnout, it could impact different parts of our lives, right? Work, home relationships. So why would it be important for the workplace, for or- organizations to pay attention to burnout?
1: Well, here's the thing also that there's a lot of people that status probably higher because people aren't always reporting that they mm-hmm. have burnout. Right. Mm-hmm. And some people don't even know. They have it right, and so when you think about, and we'll talk, get into this, but like intolerable levels of stress, right? Elevated cortisol and adrenaline levels, emotional distress, family problems that highlights a widespread of problems that people are incurring every single day. So, why is it important to the workplace? Well, besides kind of the obvious that it impacts their bottom line, mm. the productivity is not going to be elevated when you have almost 50% of your workforce coming in. Not well, not physically, well, not mentally well. And mind, body and spirit is all connected, right? Mm-hmm. So that if you're not mentally well and you have having entire levels of cortisol and adrenaline, what does that mean? That means that many people are working while they're simultaneously in a fight or flight position, right? Fight, flight, really, or freeze, mm-hmm. right? Because when we think about cortisol, that's flowing through our bodies and people don't look at the science around this and adrenaline, it's a necessary hormone. If you're in a fight Uh or if you're in a jungle and a bear is chasing you, right? (laughs) Then you need all that cortisol that you can get muster up because it's gonna shut down your respiratory system. It's gonna shut down your central nervous system a bit. It's going to um, elevate that adrenaline, right? Uh Uh And even your digestive system. Nobody has ever heard, and this is a really weird analogy, but nobody's ever told me in therapy that when the bear was chasing them in a the jungle, that they had to stop and use the restroom. Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 No one has ever said that. Now it's kind of tongue in cheek, but the truth is I, I say that for a reason because the reality of it is that if we, and many of us are walking around with these surges of cortisol, uh-huh. it does not allow us to be as productive as we need to be because we're in this flight, fight, or freeze mentality, this Uh atmosphere, this, you know, within our, our minds, bodies, and fears, and how can we be productive? If we're constantly on edge, when we're agitated, when we're upset, right, when we're thinking about the fight that we just had with our spouse, or trying to get our kids to off to school, in the midst of the pandemic, while we were trying to Find a place for them in the house mm-hmm. in order to do their work while simultaneously trying to find a place for ourselves, right. to get our work done. Right, and all of it was mass chaos. Right, that's right. And the employer or the managers that we speak of, the people managers, mm-hmm. aren't always able to manage those people in an effective way because, quite frankly, those managers need managers. Right, those managers need some support, and they're probably not as healthy as they need to be. So then you've got a whole system of people who are either recognizing that they're getting to a close to burnout because usually we know something's up, but uh-huh. we just don't know exactly what it is. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're we're aware, but we don't know the pathway to healing. Uh-huh. And you have multiple people within different layers of your structure, you know your institution or your corporation or what have you, that are all walking around not really feeling well. That's uh-huh. a recipe for disaster and very poor productivity. So the bottom right. line is
0: work is not getting done in the level that it could be getting done. Right. When you don't have people that are well. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. And so for people who you had mentioned, you know. Some people know that something's not right, but not exactly what it is. So, what would be some symptoms that we could look at for ourselves, or even that people managers could see? Like, oh, I'm I'm observing this. I'm seeing some of these signals in my team members. Like, what are some signs and symptoms that we might be experiencing burnout burnout ourselves?
1: Yeah, so that's good because you know, knowledge is power, right? And we sometimes don't know what we don't know. And when I say knowledge is power, it's more powerful. When we're actually able to identify it and then understand it and Mm -hmm. then execute on finding support and help to deal with it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, think about these messages because a lot of what's going on with us starts in our head with a message, right? A sense of failure, a sense of self doubt, oftentimes, feelings of helplessness or hopelessness, feeling trapped or defeated you know, a detached feeling from everyone else. And you heard your, your client say, I'm in a room full of people, but I feel so alone. Mm-hmm. I don't feel connected to everyone else in the world. By the way, mm-hmm. social media hasn't really helped with that because we feel like we have all these friends, but really we don't, right? We can be in these environments with lots of people, but just feel like we're by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then when you're seeing yourself lose motivation, when you came to the workplace, feeling, you know, like you were bursting with ideas and innovation to do your work and what you've been called to do. And now you don't really have that same motivation or interest and it becomes cyclical, right? These negative stink thoughts or stinking thinking, as I call it, um, start to have an increase in in cynicism, right? And negativity, like the world is never going to get better or, you know, the scenario is never going to get better. You don't have the glass half full mentality Mm this too shall pass. It's like, this is just gonna get worse. And this it's is just how it is. Decrease in satisfaction and a sense of accomplishment because when we wake up every day, I mean, usually feeling like I'm gonna be significant. I'm going to not only be mm. successful, but what I'm doing in this world is going to be significant. So then we have hope and purpose. And when we lose that, because we've gotten to a place of anxiety, a place of uh, burnout, then it increases our anxiety And that manifests itself physically. So in physically, if you're feeling anxious or having lots of headaches or feeling like you either are sleeping too much or sleeping too little, or you go to sleep and then you wake up and you can't get back to sleep, or you're just feeling a sense of overall fatigue. Those are signs and symptoms that something's up, right? All hands on deck. And for the people managers, those managers have to find a way to try to attend to that to attend to what's going on in that atmosphere. Now you can do that in multiple
0: ways, but one thing for sure, two for certain, you can't ignore it it, because she doesn't get better. So, okay, you just, a couple of things in terms of not ignoring it and then what to do. So if you could speak to me a little bit for people managers who say, you know what, burnout sounds awful, stomach hurting, headaches, um, trouble sleeping, not eating, all of that sounds horrible. Um, but that really is that individual's responsibility to take care of themselves. Mm. And so talk to me a little bit about, about, i you know, people managers and also perhaps organizations who, who will say like, that's, that is a hard thing. We have mental health benefits. We have EAP services that they can take advantage of, but it's really not my job to, to, to kind of enter into this arena. Like they have to take care of it um, it's not my responsibility. So speak to me a little bit about that, that kind of mindset and approach for people who are experiencing burnout at work.
1: Yeah, this is, this is really great. So, so interestingly enough, um, I look at it from a both and approach, right? And so, you know, the book book, Courageous Conversations Connect, and this is where courageous conversations are so essential, Uh, right? The uh subtitle of the book is, you know, resetting your mindset with intentional thoughts from the inside out. So mm-hmm. those people managers are correct that it is our responsibility to take care of our mental health and wellness. It it but it doesn't squarely fall on us, right? Because we recognize that sometimes people don't know what they don't know. True. And also we recognize that we've been socialized to keep pushing through. Mm-hmm. How many times mm-hmm. have you heard just push through, especially mm-hmm. specifically for Black women, Uh uh right? Uh And I know you have a brand talking about, you know, the cape, if you will. And Uh I just said, you know, to uh, my assistant earlier, I said, you know, I think my cape has holes in it. (laughs) It's not flying so high. So we need to know when our cape has holes in it and we need to figure out what can we do in order to reset ourselves to take better care of ourselves. Uh But when we're in environments where that's the only message, it's just your responsibility figure it out, you've got health insurance, go take care of it, then I think that, that that story is not being told. Have you ever watched a movie? They want to leave a cliffhanger, right? But you feel like, well, why didn't you just tell me what was happening? Because I wouldn't have to watch this next series or this next episode. Well, it's a workplace. The next part of the story is that when you sign on to come into these workplaces, we call it a partnership for a reason, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. A partnership means that I have skin in the game, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh, and you uh-huh. have skin in the game, right? And if your environment is not healthy, then someone is not doing their part of the job. If we're a team, right? right? We're in the season, the Phillies just won, you know, they moved they <laughs> yeah. to the World Series, right? They did it through teamwork. The Eagles are doing really well, 6-0, and oh, I believe they're on a bye, teamwork, right? Yes. Everybody yes. has a role. So we understand that from the sports arena and you know and the arts arena and you know the orchestra, everyone has a role. Why do we not feel the same way in these workplaces where we hire people to do a great job and then we say, but that
0: stuff over there,
1: that's on you. That's on you. Yeah.
0: You know, Dr. Argy, I love that analogy and the the point of a team because I think the concept of, you know, everything is just the individual's responsibility. And you're bringing in the idea of and it's a, it's a, almost a dated. I think uh, approach to work, the, a dated approach in the sense of you just have to come up here and show up and do your work and th- and that's it. Like then that's the expectation. Versus, I think what is more relevant and and in, in today's view of the workplace, which I think has really been encouraged by some of the younger generations, is no, no, no. I'm I'm a whole person. <laughs> I bring my whole self to work, which means I have joys and struggles, and so I. But what I'm responsible for managing that and workplace, how are you making the environment um, a place where I can thrive, where if I am struggling, that there is support so I can address those struggles. So I can address the burnout kind of in the workplace in addition to what I might be responsible for on my own. So I, I love the idea of that, that team partnership and the individual has responsibility, but so very much does the people manager in that, in that organization.
1: Absolutely. And creating that environment because environments thrive because the leadership has paid attention to the needs of the people within that environment. Right. And if the leadership is paying attention to what's going on in that environment, then I can you know, I keep using these sports analogies because I think they're relevant. Right. When things aren't going well at halftime, you go back in, in mm. you know, in the room and you uh-huh, have to pivot. Uh-huh. You look at tape, you say, What are we doing well? keep doing it. What, we're, what are we not doing so well? All right, mm-hmm. let's make an adjustment and mm-hmm. adjustments are healing, right? Mm-hmm. Adjustments are healthy. We thrive oftentimes because we're and, and the resilience that people talk about is because you've made a course correction and an adjustment to how you're operating. In, in, interesting enough, environments don't thrive and are just operating on surviving. When they're not looking at the terrain, they're not paying mm. attention to what's happening. And mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, you have lots of colossal failures and people not doing well and very poor productivity because no one's paying attention. That's a problem.
0: So, what would you say to somebody who's listening to this podcast and realizing, based on you know what you were talking about, like, ooh, I think a couple of people on my team might really have been experiencing burnout. And I thought maybe they're just report performers. But if I pay attention to how I'm seeing them in the past few months versus a year ago, maybe it's burnout. What if somebody's listening and just kind of having that realization for, for somebody on their team, what can they do?
1: Well, so the first rule of thumb, right, is to have the conversation. Mm. Don't be afraid to lean into the courageous conversation to talk about it, Right. Not uh-huh. with your theory about what it is and what you need to do and mm. you know, sort of fuck up and get the job done and you know not with that kind of perspective that I think is very limited and certainly not very healthy. It's to open it up for dialogue and try to ask the right questions with empathy and compassion and with a spirit of openness, right? With the hopes that you are creating enough safety for that person to trust you with their information. Because a lot of times the reason we don't open up is because we don't have an environment that's that's based on trust or True. that's built on True. trust. And True. if you have a lot of cultural mistrust that you know very well about, right? Then people are not gonna open up because they're gonna feel like their people manager is gonna weaponize it, use it against them, you know, put them on a pit yep. you know, uh-huh. where they're uh-huh. gonna feel vulnerable to pot- potentially lose their livelihood or their uh-huh. resources that help to take care of their family. And so they're gonna keep it closed and not share and just try to continue to push through. And that's problematic. So the conversation is creating for the people manager, interesting enough to have the courageous conversation with themselves first.
0: So what would they ask themselves? What would that self-reflection piece be to have that internal courageous conversation Mm -hmm. first?
1: How am I showing up as a people manager? Mm How am I creating an environment where people are open to share if they're struggling? Am I really open to not only asking people how they're feeling, right? But do we even have the skills if they actually do share their truth with me to do something about it? Mm -hmm. Do I have the personal, the EI, the Mm -hmm. emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence skills Mm -hmm. to hear it, to embrace it, to be graceful with that, right? And to ultimately know where to send them or do something that's another conversation, like where do they go, right? Maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's, you know, a private therapist, maybe it's seeing what their resources are already, but Mm -hmm. you have the Mm -hmm. skills to open up that conversation and then help to guide them and direct them to where they need to go with a spirit of compassion. Because some people have it, and I'll be honest, some people don't, right? And you could do more harm than good If you ask these questions, the person does open up to you. And then you say, get back to work.
0: So that's such a good point. Because I hear so often from people managers who they don't know what to say. And they're scared Mm -hmm. to ask the question because of your point. Like, well, what if I ask? And then they tell me everything. I'm I'm not a trained therapist. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. And so then some, I think people managers just um, end up relying on not asking anything because they don't want to go into territory that they don't feel, you know, competent to, to be able to handle. And so I always say like, you know, there are a lot of ways in coaching to increase your emotional intelligence skills, but you can also be really honest. You can ask your team how they're doing. And if they say something that's heavy and you don't know how to respond, you can say, I am so sorry. You're going through that. I wish I knew what to say, but I don't. Mm -hmm. That right there, right. Is very honest (laughs) without saying, hurry up and get back to work. I'm really uncomfortable with this conversation. I'm shutting it down. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if I could, I'd love to share please um, a personal story uh, that just happened literally yesterday, mm. right? I um, came back from homecoming, uh, H.U., Howard mm-hmm. University, um, and I went to an event of which I was talking about the criminal justice system um, on um, court radio with um, uh, Dean, uh, Attorney Dean, uh, and um, Attorney Cure Bradford Craig. So. That wasn't the part of the story. That was a great conversation that we had. But before the conversation, I went to um, check myself in, you know, to, to register and let people know that I was here. And this woman looked up and she said, oh, my goodness. And I said, I'm RG. And she said, oh, my goodness. I haven't seen you since you came to the radio station when he, Stephen Collins, passed away. Everybody in this this region knows who Easton Collins was because he was major. He's mm-hmm. a major, major man um, that did so so much good work for the community, um, not only just on his radio platform, on his political platform, and more than a lot, he just connected with people. When mm. people connected with him, they connected through love and light, and that common thing was that everyone felt like they were important to him, because they weren't, right? Because mm-hmm. I fundamentally mm-hmm. believe, I mean, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you Sure. I agree. And so showing up to care. So long story short, um, when he passed away, the general manager had the presence of mind. Talk about people manager, he's uh-huh. the general manager. And what he could have done was say, the radio show must go on uh-huh. Uh-huh. because people were coming in on Monday morning after having many of them just been with him on Sunday when he had a big um celebration for the staff at his home. Mm-hmm. They did not know mm-hmm. that he had a um, chronic health condition of which he went to the hospital and he he did not survive. They didn't know that information. They were coming into the station thinking that they were gonna see him and they weren't. He had the presence of mind to reach out to me in the middle, he kept calling. When I woke up like at five or so, I was like, what are all these calls? Right, like what's happening? He said, "Just please come if you can. Just please, please come. I have staff that are coming mm-hmm. in that do not know this information. Now it was a shock to me
0: mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this is
1: happening, and this was my friend. But mm-hmm. I also had knew enough to know that for me, God had gifted me with a with a special ability to connect with people around grief and loss, and where there are even shock. And so I came. This isn't about me," the woman said your spirit and your light came to that door and we somehow knew that it was going to be okay. And I created Mm -hmm. an environment where all I gave them permission to do is to talk about how they were feeling Uh and their relationship to eat. But it was the people manager. It was Uh the Uh man that knew enough to know there's no way that these people are gonna be able to come in here and be able to do their job if they don't have the space to process Yes. What just happen. Yes. That is paying attention to your environment. And then knowing what you don't know, having the courageous conversation with yourself and then calling in the, tr- the troops. Mm-hmm. And call, mm-hmm. hands on Bring in the experts. Yep. See who can help you with what's happening now? That literally happened where I was reminded of it through this woman, Kat, who was this assistant to East Stephen Collins. And she said, in that moment, you created an atmosphere that made me know that it was going to be okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't do it because I would never have been
0: there had I not gotten the call. Right. And that is, uh, thank you for sharing that because it is such a relevant example, powerful, excuse me, a powerful example of being a good people manager, knowing that your people are going to need something that you cannot provide. And not skipping over it, not ignoring it, but go finding the person who can give the team what they need in that moment and time. And you know, for some people who think, "Well, it's, it's radio. Like we have to, we have to produce a show. Like this work, it has to go on." And however many hours that situation took of your time, right? Because I don't want to minimize. Um, the shock and impact of grief, it's not hours, that's a lot longer, but for the general manager to bring you on for a a small chunk of time, saves so much more time down the road, the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month. And I think um, kind of the team aspect of it really demonstrates to everybody that, oh, they they actually care about us. Yes, they want us to do work, but they actually care about us as human beings, which then makes it easier for us to do our job. And so I think just kind of emphasizing that point of knowing what you know, paying attention to the landscape, calling people when you don't know (laughs) to give your team what what they need, I think goes a long way in um, definitely addressing grief, addressing burnout when it's happening, And then even kind of um, preemptively, right? Are there things that people managers can do um, as opposed to just waiting until people are burnt out that they can kind of create an environment that really... um, I don't know what your thoughts about this. I don't know if you can prevent burnout or if you minimize burnout, but are there things people managers can do um, on the front end instead of just waiting until people are fully Spent, can't get out of bed, they're not coming in this week.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and and I should highlight the person, Eloise Smith was the general, the general manager at the time. Uh, I, and I i know for sure that there was a level of caring that came into that space on that day. But I also recognize um, that it's a practice, it takes time to cultivate. Um, that level of energy to Mm. attend to people and it doesn't just show up we have to be intentional about cultivating the same way that we need to be intentional about cultivating um, the places and spaces where we reside think about it you know one that this pandemic and going into quarantine in 2020 I don't know how 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 you were but I had never been in a pandemic before. Most of us hadn't. Nope. Um, and in and, and, um, unless we were around in 1918 during the Spanish flu, we weren't unfamiliar with what that would cost us, Yes. what yes. that would look like, how yes. we would have to adapt to it, yes. um, how we would even have to accept it for some of us who were in, de- who were in denial. Mm-hmm. I happen to be mm-hmm. one of them because I sent an email to many of my clients saying, we're going to go do um, online therapy so we can continue for two weeks. And then we'll mm-hmm. be back in the office. Mm-hmm. Like that was my mm-hmm. mindset when I'm, this mm-hmm. was happening in real time. Mm-hmm. I never thought that the, 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 the whole globe will, would change how we operate in the workplace, that we would be working from home with our families, that we would go and be going, doing teletherapy for me, for many of you, the people within your practice, or health therapy or mm-hmm. Zoom mm-hmm. meetings or birthday parties, or baby dedications, all these milestones. We had
0: no idea of what it would no
1: be. Clue. Not None. No clue. clue. What we did know, though, is that in some ways, our humanity would show up in the big stage mm. of how it is that we care for ourselves and care for people. And there were lots and lots of lessons to learn from that experience. And we're still learning. We're learning that we didn't take good care of ourselves. Mm. We're learning that we were overwhelmed and over many of us, like the essential workers. How many people had have, have this reality, like that we're all essential workers in some capacity, right? It's not just <laughs> doctors and therapists <laughs> and the bus drivers and the people that are cleaning our hotels and the school teachers and the fighters and the police officers. Everybody was an essential worker at that time. And many of us uh-huh. were walking around so busy with the busyness of life uh-huh. that we didn't realize That many of us could have been experiencing burnout Uh until we were home and we had some time Uh to reflect. Uh So, to your question about how do you prevent it, right? How or is there a way to preempt it? Uh Again, I think that we have to pay attention to ourselves. Um, We have to have, as I say in the book, I say um, the first chapter is radical self care in action. If you're gonna be a good people manager, right? Good people managers are good people to themselves. They have to take care of themselves. They have to be healthy and well, because if they're not, what they're saying without saying it to the rest of the team is while I'm unhealthy and I'm not doing a good job, I want you to do what I do because I'm pushing through. Right. 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 And so then that can send a sense of guilt in the environment because people feel like I'm slacking. That person is doing all their work walking around not really expressing but they're really not feeling so well on the inside uh-huh. so first uh-huh. and foremost again radical self-care in action shows a model for what it looks like to take care of yourselves as you're
0: emulating that for the rest of your team And, you know, I'll say that modeling, I appreciate you starting there, not just this, what you do for other people, but you do it for yourself, right? Because you are the leader, you are the people manager, and they're looking to you. And so I think some some of the things I think of that that people managers could do right away is make sure you're taking lunch breaks, make sure that you're eating, make sure that you're getting up and going to the restroom when you need to, (laughs) Uh, make sure that you leave work at the end of the day and that you're not fly, firing off emails at 11 o'clock at night. Um, because those little things, seemingly little things, I think are really big actions that 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 your team sees like, oh, they actually left because they were going to hang out with friends or because they were gonna go pick up their kid or because it was the end of the day and they just left. Like, Those are really, I think, key markers of like, oh, I see them taking care of themselves and still getting the work done. So I should do that too.
1: Right, exactly. But now here's the caveat to that. There can't be a huge disparity Mm -hmm. with regards to if that people manager or when they decide, okay, these markers are important. Taking my lunch break, not just sitting at the, the computer and eating at the same time, leaving on time to take care of my family, prioritizing that I have a life outside of work. If they're doing that and they're sending a message that that is for me, but not for you, then Very there's good a disparity. Point. Very good point. And you're not modeling and emulating this for the rest of the team to actually take care of themselves. You're mm-hmm. sending a message that somehow I'm worthy of this. I'm mm-hmm. giving my mm-hmm. permission mm-hmm. to take care of my self-care, and, uh, my self-care and wellness, but I'm not giving you permission to do that. Mm-hmm. So that really is the caveat, but it has to be across the board because mm-hmm. the healthier people are, the more motivated they are True. to do the work, True. right? And so you see this with the next generation. You see this not with the baby boomers so much, but like with the millennials. Um, although they're getting up in age now, and the Gen Zs, like you know, the work model looks very different. It, it is infused with what do I do to prioritize myself? What do I do to take care of me? how do I make sure that my life is balanced? Although balance can be very, very elusive. And that's why we have to keep making adjustments, right? And so now they may have over indexed in some other areas. So speaking of balance, like mm-hmm. you know, you can't take the whole week off and then leave the work to someone else. And just because mm-hmm. you're wanting to take care of yourself, like there has to be some measurements and some things put in place. So that the work continues while we are also uh-huh. taking care of ourselves. Uh-huh. I and mean, That's a good conversation to have. Like, what does this look like if we do create this paradigm shift where we're taking better care of ourselves? How do we make sure that the environment is healthy and we're still hiring enough capable people and then stimulating and cultivating that talent so that the work continues to get done in a way that honors the spirit of productivity and uh-huh. humility and humanity.
0: And that's where I feel like the courageous conversations as people managers comes in because how do you lead and guide your team to have discussions of, okay, you're going to be out for a week. So excited for you. What needs to get done while you're gone? And let's prepare for it ahead of time. And how about what doesn't need to get done? Like, how about what are all those things that you've been doing that you just do that actually it's okay if you don't do them and maybe we need to. Reassess, and you need to stop doing it because it's not what we need, right? And that's where I think the 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 conversation can be can be so important, be so important. You know, that's that's a great point with regards to what needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done, Mm -hmm. right? Where are we putting
1: our energy? You know, I've talked with lots of clients about, like, can you go back to your manager and say, oh, you want me to, you know, take lead on this, take point on that, you know, spearhead this project, so. I would love to do that. And I want to do that at the top of my skill set with excellence that I can't do with all of these other things on my plate. So what is the priority and what can go off the plate in order for this to go on the plate? And I also use another, uh, another sort of uh, example, which is if you have a bookshelf with all these hardback books, if you have softback books like I do, right, you can kind of push one over and stick a book in. But if you have hardback books, there's no give there, Uh, right? uh So you can't uh put another book on that bookshelf Uh if there's no give, Uh right? You're you're defeating the purpose of being able to see all these beautiful, wonderful books that you could potentially read. And so life is very much like that. Uh Sometimes uh we run out of space, we run out of runway, yet we're still trying to shove a hardback book into that space. And it doesn't doesn't (laughs) fit.
0: And then it gets really uncomfortable, right? And really strained. And then and we get your point. resentful,
1: mm-hmm. right? And then we are unmotivated or we feel defeated because we're mm-hmm. continuing to try to make it happen. But we're like this dog chasing his tail around and around and we can't catch it. And we're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. And those are also signs mm-hmm. that something's not right in this environment, right? You're either not being attended, attended to or someone's not attending to you. And let's, you know, just throw in that all of these outside things that are happening in the world, specifically to dis- disenfranchise people, people of mm-hmm. color, mm-hmm. that impacts us too. Mm-hmm. And having mm-hmm. safe spaces to at least acknowledge mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I'm not okay. You know, yes. like we yes. all were in a pandemic when George Floyd happened, Great. right? Right at the beginning beginning of the pandemic, all the beginning of the pandemic where we all got to watch in real time the injustice of that murder, I'll say that. Um, and yet many employees were expected to go into their workplaces or at least see people on Zoom and meetings, right? In those workplaces and act like they were okay when they were not. So sometimes just being able to say, like, I need a moment Uh to really process, Uh and if you give me that moment. I promise I will figure out what I need to do for myself so that I can show up for me and for you.
0: And there's a, to exactly. there's a partnership again.
1: Exactly. Partnership, Right. A partnership with them. If there's a level of trust that that person is going to, because they, they want to do a good job, that uh-huh. they're going to uh-huh. do what they need to do. And then uh-huh. maybe as they give them time, their self time and space to say, what do I need to do? Do I need to call on my resources? My faith-based community, my support system my therapist, what do I need to do to take care of me so so that I can feel better, maybe not fully okay, but better so that I can then show up as a productive citizen within this workplace based on what I agreed to do. But we need that acknowledgement. What we don't need to do is ignore that it exists and ask people to put their mask on, their physical mask, their emotional mask, and all the other masks that we wear before the pandemic, right? Uh-huh, put, it uh-huh. on, put that happy face on, go in the workplace, do the work, and act like we're not in distress. That is um, unfair, unjust, and it is not a um, it is not good for our humanity. It certainly is not good for workplaces.
0: So, you know, when you're talking, you, you put a lot of very real and important things in this last statement that you just made. And so I think, you know, we're talking about burnout. And what I'm really hearing you say, Dr. R.G., is that organizations and people managers, right, need to see the the whole humanity, right, of 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 their team, like to see who they are as individuals, to see what motivates them, to see when they're unmotivated, to see when they are hurting, to see when they are disconnected, and then to have conversations of like, hey, I noticed that you haven't been as chatty lately. Is everything okay? Or you seem a bit distracted, which is so unlike you. So I wanted to check in with you. And so kind of having those those touch points and courageous conversations and seeing your people for who they are, not just their output yes. really goes a long way into not only developing a strong team, but really preemptively addressing burnout, right? So that you're having an environment that is, um, less conducive to burnout thriving because it's going to be attended to sooner.
1: Yeah. You know, and there's a, there's some conversation going on, um, in the metaverse around burnout where people are saying like, it really is, um, not a real thing, right. You know, that, you know, people just need to figure out how they can show up differently and, you know, It's disturbing to me oftentimes because I I think it's kind of like saying racism is not a real thing. Like, you know, just show up like we're it's, you know, 401 years later and, you know, we're in a post Obama era and it's not happening. And so just pretend like it doesn't exist and show up and do your job. I don't think to the point about humanity that it serves our humanity well to ignore these things and act like they don't exist. I do think that there is a way in which you can have touch points And I say head and heart points, right? Connecting the head with the heart, right? To have these courageous conversations to say like, hmm, are you even in the right space? I've learned this by being an entrepreneur that you put people in their sweet spots and they will thrive. And oftentimes some of what will look like burnout is because people are located or positioned in spaces Mm -hmm. and places that are not a good thing for for them. Mm-hmm. right? Like putting a square, square peg into a round hole. Mm-hmm. And so even at some minor shifts and adjustments could make the world of difference. So it doesn't change the experience, the facts, right? The facts is somebody lost their their parents, somebody experienced trauma, somebody had someone that had COVID, they had COVID themselves and their experience long haul. Like those facts don't change, but there could be small changes that ultimately make a difference So that that person shows up and gives their 110% and gives all that they have, or that that person is unable to be fit into that space. And Mm. then we have a conversation of, is this environment in and of itself, the right environment for
0: you? Right, right. And is it the, the individual needs to change or is it that the environment needs to change or they or both, right? Right. Maybe it's not always, you know, either, or sometimes it's both and.
1: Exactly. And Mm -hmm. cultures can shift and not, I I experienced this myself, the the culture that I was working in shifted. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't the best fit. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say, began to say to myself, and I hired a professional um, coach. Um, I always had a therapist because I think every therapist needs their own therapist. Agreed. Right? (laughs) Um, I kind of wouldn't want to go to a therapist that didn't Agreed. have a to take care of themselves. Agreed. <laughs> um, and we began to kind of have the conversation of what was is not what is. Uh-huh. And you're holding on to the hope that you can recapture what you experienced for this last almost two decades, right? In this workplace. And it may be a real possibility, that that's not a possibility. Right. And right. so if that culture is moving forward, And it's moving forward in a way that adheres to the vision of that leadership. Is that the right place for you? And is this a horrible thing? Or is this just opening up the perspective of possibilities for you someplace else? And Mm -hmm. for me, it Mm -hmm. became the possibilities of someplace else. And that was full entrepreneurship for me, Mm -hmm. which was a whole different landscape that I had to lean into and make adjustments for. And I'm so glad I did, but it wasn't without real thought, real, um, exploration, um,
0: and real conversations with myself, courageous conversations about what that would look like for me, which I think is something that people managers can do with their team members. Right. And and are they on the, are they in the right role on the team? If they're not, where would their skill set be better? Maybe those are adjustments that can be made immediately, but even just, you know, hearing like, Oh, my manager has me in mind. In the next six months, maybe I'll move over here, um, which is where I really want to be, but I didn't say anything. So I'm so glad that they reached out and asked, right? Like it, it just has a different um, level of trust and safety and cohesion on the team, which again is um, having those conversations means that there's less space for burnout to fester not to say that it never will happen right mm-hmm. but that there's less space for it to just become existence and staying there as part of like this is just our environment and how how things are done um, is there anything that you want to say to leave our, our listeners with what you know they really could do to address or prevent burnout
1: yeah so so i um see so many people um that sometimes they didn't realize that they needed a mental health day until they needed a mental health year right that they got to a place where they couldn't deny that they weren't feeling so well that they were having a mental health crisis. and so um, just like you know medical doctors say prevention is key and there are these things that you can do not to not completely avoid something happening but to potentially you know distance between something bad and, and where you're at now. Like, and you just join the work, work out, exercise, those kinds of things. I think for people, managers, paying attention to the terrain, um, being careful about creating too much of a divide where there are the, the has and the have-nots and you are deserving of good wellness, but someone else is not. Um, last week, I talked on Good Day about the colleges, for example, that are giving their students a mental health day. And it's a mental health day not to sit in front of the TV, but to do yoga and to do uh, wellness exercises, do mindfulness and meditation. Um, and I think workplaces need to do that as well. Like figure out how to infuse because we have need to have a radical shift for everyone in the environment. And gone are the days where we shouldn't do, do breathing or I say the five M's, mindfulness, meditation, movement moving our bodies, meaningful engagement and music uh-huh. is healing in of uh-huh. itself. And you can do it in five minutes, booking your day with it. Those, uh-huh. those things people managers can infuse into the workplace. That would be a game changer. Agreed. And I also say love, like showing up as love, life, truth, and accountability leads to hope and freedom, right? And if you're asking yourself as a people manager, why is this atmosphere not um, looking well, Right then ask yourself the question, what is it that I can do in those spaces to bring empathy and hope to this, this workplace? That starts with a honest conversation. Um, I also will leave the, uh, the, the audience with four Ts, just the process and think. Truth, trust, and transparency leads to transformational breakthroughs. I say this in the book for a reason, because sometimes we're not truthful with ourselves and it doesn't create trust, right? And if we're not trusting, trusting our environments, then what we have is a lot of cultural mistrust. And then that does not then lean into transparency. So then we have a lot of conversations that are not very transparent because Mm -hmm. there's no trust. And Mm -hmm. we don't have these transformational breakthroughs. I think these are the the principles that could lead, quite frankly, to less burnout, um, Mm. or I dare say no burnout, because Mm. this doesn't have to be the case that we're having people walking around feeling like, they're overwhelmed and fatigued and just simply burnt out. And we can recover from it if it happens, but let's try to make sure that it doesn't happen.
0: Dr. RG, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your actionable points of what people managers can do to, to tend to burnout within themselves and on their team and also to prevent it and create an environment that really has the the foundation of trust so that we can prevent and address burnout as necessary. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for your time.
1: It's been a great
0: conversation.
1: A pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And again, once again, congratulations on this podcast. It's going to bless so many people. And I'm so proud of the work that you're doing and we're co-laborers in in this wounded healer space. We
0: We are. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Managing Well podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about today's topic, go to www.theladipogroup.com slash podcast for a worksheet on today's episode.